Good morning, I'm Sister Lisa, and I'm coming to you today from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library, and we're going to continue reading in our study, the book on prayer by Brother Ken Gurley. We're on page 102. United prayer is God's will. If united prayer is indeed something God desires, then we should see it often in the Bible. United prayer is emphasized in the New Testament, yet it can be found in the Old Testament as well. Aaron and Hur held up Moses' hands on the mountain as he prayed over the battle in the valley below. Exodus 17, 10 through 12. God answered with a victory. Elijah called a solemn assembly on Carmel's slopes. He said, Come to me. The faithful remnant of Israel gathered around him, those who had never bowed a knee to Baal, and perhaps those who had. 1 Kings 18, 4 and 18 and 30. Elijah prayed on behalf of that faithful assembly. A simple 63-word prayer electrified the hearts of true worshipers of God. 1 Kings 18, 36-37. God answered with fire. Esther interceded before the king, but not without united prayer and fasting going before her. Esther 4 and 3 and Esther 4 and 16. God answered with deliverance. Daniel called his three friends together to help him pray for the interpretations of the king's dream. Daniel 3, 17 and 18. God answered with a revelation. Ezra called people together to fast and pray that the king would be favorable to them. In Ezra 8, 21-23, God answered with favor. There are numerous instances of united prayer in the Old Testament, yet these pale in comparison to what becomes so evident and influential in the New Testament. Most of our Lord's private times of prayer occurred before he called the disciples. In Mark 1, 37, Luke 3, 21, Luke 6, 12, after choosing his key followers, Jesus involved them in prayer. Luke 9, 28, Luke 11 and 1, Matthew 26 and 40. On Calvary's Eve, Jesus implored his followers to watch and pray with him. After his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples to wait together in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Spirit. This Tarian meeting went on for 10 days until the, Spirit, until the Spirit fell and the church was born. The book of Acts contains many examples of united prayer. Acts 1, Acts 1 they prayed together for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and for a replacement for Judas. Acts 2, they prayed and the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. We also read that they continued in prayer. Acts 3, Peter and John are headed to a prayer meeting and heal a man who could not walk. Acts 4, they gathered again in the upper room to pray for courage and the place was shaken. Acts 6, they prayed over the choice of people to handle the distributions to the widows so that the apostles could give themselves to the word and to prayers. It appears the apostles were instrumental in establishing a culture of united prayer in the early church. Acts 8, Peter and John prayed for the people in Samaria to be filled with the Spirit. In Acts 12, the Jerusalem church had united prayer for Simon Peter while he was cast in prison. Acts 13, Antioch church had united prayer and God called Paul and Barnabas on the very first missionary journey. In Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas prayed over the new churches being started on that journey. We could continue with this through the remainder of Acts and the epistles, yet let's circle back to Acts 2 when the church was first born. We read the church joined together always in prayers in Acts 2.42. Again, we see that plurality, not simply prayer, but prayers. 
Scholars believe this draws attention to the fact that it was not simply individuals having private prayer, but that it represents a corporate prayer. Numerous prayers, again and again, over and over. There, these, there was full participation in prayers. United prayer was a hallmark of the New Testament church, as we shall see in a later chapter. It is the trademark of all revival movements and awakenings. In certain countries, united prayer is considered the breath and life of what God is doing in their midst. In Western nations, this is not mostly the case. Christianity suffers in Western Europe, North America, and other areas where individualism is exalted over the community. French social commentator of yesteryear, Alexis de Tocqueville, 1805-1859, once noted that ancient societies did not have a word for individualism. The word itself came in vogue only in the 19th century. What concerned Tocqueville was the temptation of democratic societies to breed individualistic isolation in which people retreat from one another. This combined with materialism could foster an individualism that makes it difficult for people to be part of a more significant cause and entity. He suggested that in America, religion could promote a spirituality that would cause people to work together. Unfortunately, we frequently forsake the assembling of ourselves together when we speak of prayer. We talk of private prayer or pray quietly. We are swift to become a lesser society of homo sapiens and more silos of solo, solo sapiens. Um, I know that a lot of times, even in when we have prayer meetings and stuff, prayer groups, people pray quietly. They, all, they pray silent prayers. Or there may be one main leader that might pray out loud and everybody else just kind of like amen and agree with what they're saying. Uh, I wasn't raised like that. I was raised more that we all, everybody at the same time, loud, everybody praying loud, you know, and stuff. And that, um, um, you know, that, that just, it's like you shut everything else out and you're focusing, you're praying, you're calling, you're, you're not listening to what other people are saying because you're so intent on your prayer with God. And yet all together, you can just feel that unity because everybody is joined together in prayer to God. Now, um, I think that's one of the reasons I like to pray alone at home because I can pray loud and don't have, you know, not have to worry about other people listening to what I'm saying because they're not praying out loud. And um, uh, I like this online from your abode around the globe that I have because it's um, people praying on a joint theme of focused prayer that we can all pray uh, where two or three are gathered in his name. There he'll be in the midst of them. And so I believe in that corporate prayer that is um, is united. It's united that we are, we're praying for people that have this, um, this COVID, um, this coronavirus uh, that's being quarantined. We're praying for these people that, you know, um, that are fighting the very, very forces of evil. And that God can help in the times, in these times of situations, in time when we are uh, being told to be quarantined and, and a lot of people being shut in their homes. At least we have the internet. Uh, at least we uh, we do have this where we can still uh, join together through our phones and text messages and Zoom meetings. They didn't have that in the early church. They didn't have that uh, that we know of, that technology. We don't know that they ever had this any other time on earth we don't know that that they ever had that so we are living in the time where yes we need to utilize every 
every bit of technology that we have. We need to utilize every chance we do get together um, to meet. Uh, I have a friend that comes over on Wednesdays and we have Bible study and we have prayer together. And um, our family our family devotions are very important. Our families that can reach out and pray to each uh, pray for each other. And um, that laying on of hands is still important. They're trying to, uh, right now they're like, you gotta have social distancing six feet apart. Well, let, let's lay our hands on each other um, in our homes, wherever, whoever we can touch, let's touch and let's pray for one another. United prayer is made possible when people ally themselves together for the purpose of prayer. Each person is free to worship, free to pray, free to seek God's face. That right cannot be assigned to a group, but must be made individually. Yet, when individuals choose to worship, pray, and work together, God is pleased and his power is revealed. We've got to work. If we all pull together, how happy we'll be. If we all work together, how happy we'll be. It's not your ministry, my ministry, his ministry, her ministry. It is the work of God. It is God's ministry. You know, as, as I was praying here at home this morning at my devotional time, as I was praying, I was like, God, you know, if I am pliable and, and willing to whatever he wants to make and mold me, then yes, I am at the end of the day going to hear him say, well done. He's going to look at me and see good because when God creates things, it is good. It is good. So my part is to be willing, a willing and available, willing and available, and allow him to do what he wants in my life. And it will be good because all things work together for the good to those that are the called according to his purpose. We will be what he wants us to be. We will become like Christ. His power will be revealed. God calls us to united prayer. All prayer is good. United prayer is best. Private prayer is like praising God on the symbols. United prayer is like praising him on the high sounding symbols. Psalms 150 and 5. God is calling us to make that joyful noise of united prayer. Like I was talking about praying out loud. United prayer once again. To allow our hearts and voices to be blended with one accord. Such unity attracts God's blessings and presence. Psalms 133 and 1. Makes me think of um, uh, Joshua. When they were marching around, you know, they had to be quiet. They probably was praying inside. They probably had real quiet prayer for all those days that they was walking around. But on the last day, they all yelled out. They all with a shout, with the shout, a mighty shout. And I believe that's that was corporate prayer. That was corporate agreeing. Agreed. When they all come, what a high symbol. <laughs> Twice in his ministry, Jesus cleansed the temple. He was not shy in stating his rationale for doing so. Mark 11 and 17. My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. What, whatever you and I think the church is, it can never move far from this stated purpose. We gather to pray. I suspect if Jesus walked on this earth today, he would bring us back once again to the beauty and majesty of united prayer. He would want all people, all nations, all tongues together in worship of all of our great God. Can we see united prayer in our midst? Oh, not just praying to open and close a service, but where united prayer is the purpose of the meeting itself. United prayer to pray for and gain strength from one another. 
United prayer was not an option in the early church, and it cannot be an option today. Many churches have prayer meetings. I suspect, however we would admit, we do not see full participation. His house has not yet become the actual house of prayer. We want more. How can we do this? Seven suggestions for united prayer. Intentional. We have to get intentional. This will not happen by accident. We must view united prayer as not the beginning and end of a service, but as the main event. United prayer cannot be the tidbit before the banquet. It is the banquet. Like I was talking about, from your abode around the globe, at 7 a.m. Central Time on Thursdays. It's an appointed time. It is intentional, and we have a theme. We're going to meet together for a theme, and this week, our theme, what is our theme? This week, my focus is going to be on the hidden, the deep places of the heart. When we pray and cry out to God, you know, Sometimes we pray and we say some, we say stuff that we didn't even know was there. Things come out, and that's what we want. We want our soul deep, calleth unto deep. That's what our theme is this, this week. Let's let the inner parts of our heart be coming out, and that we be humble before God, humble and repentant, and let Him cleanse everything inside of us, the deep places of our heart. Let we be clean, and that's our focus. It's got to be intentional. Uh, number two, pastor-led. It has to be led by pastors and ministry leaders. It can't happen if we simply assign someone in the church to be over the prayer team. Our sheep know the shepherd's voice. If pastors and ministry leaders don't value prayer, then why should we expect others to do so? You know, with our World Network of Prayer, uh, there's an assigned woman. I think it's a woman. Um, over that, we have these different prayer groups and stuff that are theme. Um, my mother-in-law, she leads the prayer group um, on Thursdays uh, at 10 o'clock, the one that meets at the actual church. Um, I don't know if they get to meet right now during the quarantine. Um, I, I don't get to be a part of that because I'm babysitting during that time. But um, we have all these different leaders, but they are appointed by the pastor. The pastor has, he's the leader. He's the one that assigns the, the ones. He is over. He is over that. Um, others focused. Our prayer list should be modified. We are accustomed. We are we are accustomed to praying only for our needs, but usually these are physical needs. When the emphasis of our collective prayer shifts from God and at us to me, then the prayer meeting has effectively come to a stop. Yes, there is a time to pray for individual needs, but not before we looked upward and outward. These are the vectors of great united prayer meetings. Worshipful. Include worship in united prayer. In fact, this may go to the root of the decline, if not the demise, of church-wide united prayer. We omit worship. We should not. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Oh, God, you are worthy of all praise. Oh, God, we are thankful that we can come before your throne. Just like Esther went before the king and had her scepter and says, If I perish, I perish. I'm going to see the king. That's how we come before you, God, with our hands lifted as our scepters. Here we are presenting our bodies a living sacrifice before you, God, holy and acceptable before God, which is our reasonable service. We have got to be, we have got to come into your throne room, God. Lord Jesus, God, that that is what affects the value of our prayer. Victorious. Prayer works. It works. There should be reports showing prayer works. That's why not only do on my webpage do I post prayer needs, I also like to, if I know what it is, I like to post the praise reports. 
praise reports. That is important to let people know your prayers are not in vain. Your, the prayer board is not just a gossip center. It's not used to gossip to just know that people are sick or to know what's going on in people's lives. I, that's why I try to be careful, and that's why I go back and remove posts. The other people post sometimes that I don't think is what we're what we're going for. We're going for let's pray, let's pray, and then as soon as we have prayed, after a day or two, I'll take that prayer need off and post some new ones. It's not just let's let's keep prayer. It's before the throne. Once we prayed about something. God hears it, and those prayers circle forever. So let's not just keep on, keep on hashing that stuff around. Let's let's have that prayer, prayer request, praise report. Share the praise reports. Come on, let's praise God. He's the healer. He is the great physician, and let's give God. We lift up God by put, posting our prayer uh, our prayer reports, our praise reports. We are praising God. We're saying, hey, you know, <laughs> hey. <laughs> There's nothing too great for God. He, his stripes, by his stripes we're healed. He heals all manner of diseases and sicknesses. He is in control. Positive, we gather to pray for God to do things, not to pray against the devil for what he has done. Uh, in fact, I know, I know that my pastor in um, Hutchison, Kansas, um, he didn't like when we even sing those songs, Satan, your kingdom's coming down, and look out, Satan, look out. I mean, every, every once in a while, of course, uh, but he didn't like it on a, a steady diet of that. Don't don't just keep on mentioning him. We don't, we're there to praise God and lift up God and thank God for what he's done. And um, our, gaze, our gaze is on heaven. When our gaze shifts from heaven and what God is doing to the earth and what the enemy is doing, then we've made a mistake when it comes to united prayer and praise um our options pre-service prayer may work for some you know some people gather uh church starts at 1 30 gather for one that that's may work for some small group prayer meeting for specific things may also work devoting a weekly service to nothing but united prayer may work for others but it's not every it's not one size fits all but it's absolutely indisputable that the early church met together to pray it's it's very important that you have assigned times to pray not just like from your boat around the globe or when the world network of prayer or when the ladies group meets or when the men's group prayer breakfast is or when you have um the pre-service prayer all those are important but you also got to have your alone time with god your prayer closet time you also got to have your bible studies when you meet with your uh, friends and neighbors and uh, teach bible studies pray always pray when you do that if you have choir practice if you have musicians practice um whatever times you get together always pray because God has got to lead and guide every aspect of ministry. Nursing home services. Pray, pray that God will help anoint you to know what to sing and and how to interact with the elderly people or the people that's in there. Not everybody's el- elderly. You're going to have guests there. People come in. People come in to visit with their elderly people, and when they find that they're down at the singing, they'll come down there, and a lot of times they'll stay too. You pray for that. You can be reaching everywhere you go. You're reaching. Say, God, every aspect of ministry is about souls. It's about touching God. It's about being used of God, being his hands, his feet, and his mouthpiece. That's why it's so important. We've got to be like the early church, how they re- they was out in the streets. They went to the highways and the byways. They went uh, house to house. They were very, they were very involved. Um, they didn't have an actual church. To meet at they didn't have an actual building to meet at and that's how we've got to be we've got to um 
we've got to just wherever um, I seen in the in the on the Facebook yesterday I saw where in California where they have shut down a lot of the churches if not all the churches people are meeting at the ocean crowds and crowds of people they're going to there are crowds of people that's united united to pray and I heard somewhere I read it in one of my books I've got several different books I'm reading I heard how that um I may have been listening to a sermon. I listened to a lot of sermons too. But anyway, they were talking about how in the book of Acts, mobs were coming to try to shut down the 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 disciples, Paul and Barnabas and different ones. Coming, they were coming to shut down these people that are preaching. And instead, they got converted. They felt the power of God so strong that these people that was coming against got converted. And that's what I'm claiming. That's what I'm believing. We hear about all these protesters and all this violence and stuff going on. Well, I'm praying around our property. I'm praying around my home. I'm praying around me, my family, my children, my my uh, my parents that's in Ohio, my kids that's in Kansas, uh, my relatives that's in Indiana, uh, people all over the world. I'm praying for people. I'm praying, whoever God puts in my mind and heart, I'm praying for them. And if the enemy comes to attack them or if they get put into a, a, a I, I pray that they won't be able to put the church in prisons because there won't be no room. There, everybody be everybody be part of the church. There will not be enough places to to put people. Uh, and and if they do, be like um, in the in the acts that the the jailer get converted, that the his whole house full, that the revival spreads. We must find a way to reach this world, and God will use us. Let's return to the Lord. We're on page 107. Hosea prophesied to the wayward children of Israel again and again. He figuratively points his finger to them and says, You left God or you did wrong. Hosea 1 and 8, Hosea 4 and 5, Hosea 5 and 1. Yet in Hosea 6, the minor prophets gets plural and inclusive. Page 108. Hosea 6 and 1. Come and let us return to the Lord for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. And that's what I'm praying about this coronavirus. It's like, Lord, if you sent this, I know some people say that they don't think that God sent this plague, but in the in Lamentations and in um, wherever, wherever else I was reading this week, um, I forgot, I finished another book of the Bible. But anyway, um, I where these plagues, oh, it's Leviticus, um, where these plagues and stuff were at, God sent them. He sent those plagues. He was getting the people's attention, but he also was the same one that healed them and uh, or caused a way for deliverance. The Egyptians, um, they had the plagues. The Israelites uh, were asked to, they were like told to leave because uh, all these plagues and stuff that came across it, uh, the um, Egyptians. And as they and as they, as they left, you know. Um, God gave a way of deliverance, and I believe that's what he's going to do with us, too. He's going to deliver. I believe that. Either he's going to heal our lands. If our, if, our, if his people, who are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven and heal our lands. If, that, if we're supposed to still stay here, I pray that he'll heal our land. But if it's our time for deliverance, if it's our time for exodus, if it's our time to be called away in the rapture, then... I pray that we are looking up, that we are ready. He's come for people who have made themselves ready. We've got to be watching and praying. Maybe that's what this book is inviting us to do. Come, let us return to the Lord. The most exceptional gift parents can give to their children is to teach them how to pray. The best way to teach children to pray 
is to pray together with them. By example, pray with the child. You might start off saying a few words and having them repeat after you. Or later you might have them doing the praying and then if they say things wrong or out of order or something, you correct them, at, you know, you help them to do it. There's different ways to train up a child in the way it should go when it's old, it will not depart from it. The most lasting legacy a pastor can leave the church is to teach them to pray. Again, the best way to teach them to pray is, is together as a body. And by his example, you know a preacher prays when he gets up and the anointing, the anointing just permeates from him. And I know that Brother Lee Stonking is a man of prayer and you can feel that every time you either go to one of the services that he actually preaches or you can listen to a sermon that he preached on YouTube or his live streaming that he's doing now from different places um, since the quarantine. He's in New York and he can't get out and, and preach like he could. You feel the presence of God. That man prays. He has touched God and it's very important. You know that. You can feel that. You can feel that. Um, maybe God is speaking to you now. Perhaps he's laid it on your heart to lead your family, your friends, your small group, your class or church in united prayer. As he did with Esther. I already mentioned her today. Daniel and the apostles. God answers the prayer of his people and he will answer yours too. And remember this. The man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelism in history. Andrew Murray said that. Who knows? You may be this person. If so, you will have performed the highest service to the church. Shall we pray together? Oh God, I pray, Lord, for everyone at the sound of my voice that you'll bless this podcast as I'm reviewing books got out of the Edwin Elder Library that it may touch somebody's soul that we all be called to prayer. Just as we learned in the book by Brother Andrew Urshan that we did a, a podcast about, prayer, 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 the supreme need of the hour. God, as we go out into the highways and the byways, Lord, via the internet, Lord Jesus, God, from your abode around the globe, God, as we pray, God, and, and that you play on so my heart, God, themes for each week that you want us to pray. You want your people to pray. You want your people to be humble. You want your people to be sensitive to your spirit. You want us, God, Lord Jesus, to be your hands and feet in this, in this earth. That's who you work through as people. Lord Jesus, I pray, let us be those vessels of honor and not to dishonor. Let us be the mouthpiece, God, that you want to use. Let us, God, Lord Jesus, God, reach out to our communities. Let us reach out, God, Lord, to the masses, God. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, God, through this live streaming, Lord God, through this podcast, through this, through the, all the means, God, that Lord Jesus, that we, if each one reach one, that our nets will be full of fish, that our, our baskets will be full, that our, um, cast our bread upon the water and it will return. Oh God, we pray, Lord Jesus, God, hallelujah, souls for the kingdom, because God, it's all about you. It's all about you. And thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for hearing our prayers, God. Hallelujah. As the body of Christ prays, as we all reach out to you, God. As we all, Lord Jesus, touch the hem of your garment. 
Oh, heal our bodies, heal our land, heal our minds. Help us, God, to be free, God, Lord Jesus, God, from the clutter, God, Lord Jesus, that will separate us from your love, God, because, God, nothing shall separate us from your love if we're focused upon you. Hallelujah, God, in your name, we praise you this day. Bless my friends. In Jesus' name, amen.